Hi, just wanted to let you guys know before listening to the podcast that there's some sensitive language that we use throughout the episode. We're trying to use this within context so that we accurately represent what someone says, but we don't mean to be offensive in any way. Thanks. Welcome to the Good Media Podcast. I'm joined here. Yeah, I mean, you're definitely good. <laughs> Welcome to the Good Media Podcast. <laughs> you sound so white. Okay. Just, uh, <laughs> you're so what? White. Yo, shut <laughs> up. You're the <laughs> whitest dude here. Welcome to the Good Media Podcast. Hey, welcome to the Good Media Podcast. Today we're talking about God's love in the Westboro Baptist Church. My name is Jeremiah Schuler, and in the podcast, we have Brother Devante and... Hey, it's Johnny. And they still don't have last names, but we'll get to it. And on keys, not keys, brr, knobs. And, we'll, and on no, knob, knobs. And on knobs. <laughs> now you're right. <laughs> All right. All right. Yeah, yeah. Um, what do you guys think about, like, false converts and like false believers like how what's your perspective on this on this this i feel like in our in our generation you know um the cultural christian is becoming especially in bigger churches all cultural christians or the 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 people that slip through the cracks is what you'll hear like um how do you guys relate to that like what i want to hear some some ideas on like or some some perspectives about this uh view of antinomianism, I guess, or just like, because, you know, grace abounds, I can just do whatever I want. I think I, I'm going to, I'm going to dive into this one. Chance Um, the sound guy. Yo. Um, I, I love, uh, talking about antinomianism one, because it's a very large word that makes me sound intelligent when I say it, but also, (laughs) uh, yeah. Narcissism. That's another big word. Uh, (laughs) anyways, um, no, I, I know, I, I feel like I know, uh, and I'm friends with a few antinomians and it's, it's incredibly frustrating when, when somebody uses my Jesus, my God as a tool to go out and show blatant disregard for the ultimate love or ultimate act of love that Jesus showed by dying on the cross for us. And, and to me freely going out and doing whatever you want to do, whether it's, you know, um, shacking up with your girlfriend every night or doing, doing drugs, whatever, whatever is totally wildly against what people would think a normal Jesus loving Christian would do. And it's, it's incredibly frustrating because as, as Christians, we are called to hold each other accountable. And I feel like in a non-controlling way, and I, and I don't want to come across as, as someone who wants to control everything that everybody else does, because I'm not about that. But I am about accountability. And that's why we have fellowship. That's why we go to church. That's why we have small groups. That's why we have Bible studies, is to go check up on each other. And I feel like when we can't check up on someone, when, it, when somebody goes rogue, for, for lack of a better uh, explanation, we have no control over that. And they go out and they uh, create this own image of what Christianity is. It's the polar opposite of what the life that I'm trying to live and the example I'm trying to set, not only for myself and my friends around me, but for other people that I would love to come to know Christ. 
yeah, I feel like honestly, when it comes to like false converts, it puts a lie on the gospel. Um, what you've died to is kind of like I'm gonna pull this verse up. Um, and um, it's in Romans six here. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still living it live in it? Sorry. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into his death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. The Bible claims seems to be clear on this on this topic of that's almost like you're you you you're taking advantage of grace you're saying well i got grace so watch me go ahead and do whatever i want to do and i think i've struggled with tendencies in my life to do that at times you know just make excuses or justify my sin um i just try to like because i you know you want you want to sin and you want to just have comeback of like oh um well jesus died for that so i could just do that and i'll be fine i was just made that way I'm just, this is just my personality. You just hear so much excuses so people could do things. Like, for example, if people, people like being rude to someone, that's just my personality. Versus like, wow, I should really work on my rudeness. You know? What do you guys think? Yeah, for me, um, the topic of antinomianism, it's like a never-ending sandwich where there's just another layer to it. Because I've talked to, I talk to people about this topic for a long time, but just to kind of hit at it from just one of the personal views of mine, I don't know. It's, it's very easy for me to point at someone who lives in that way and just be like, oh my goodness, you're ruining um, the way people perceive Christians by claiming to be a Christian and then acting in all these different ways. I realize that with myself, I know the internals of, of how I act and what's in my brain and the thoughts that I have and who I am when there's no one around. And it's so unfiltered, right? You, everybody's own personality to them is so unfiltered. And I understand how incredibly affected I am by sin, right? I know how human I am. So I assume that other people are like that as well. There are other people who are affected by sin and human and just, it's so easy to do that. You know, it says, you know, in the Bible that sin is fun for a season. You know, that's the reference. It's fun for a season. It's fun for people, right? They get enjoyment out of it. How can I convict someone or like judge someone because of, you know, I know the internals of myself just from the human perspective, antinomianism sounds fantastic, right? You get to do whatever you want, but then at the end of your life, go to heaven you could be part of an incredible community that is the church where people will speak with a language uh, appropriate for your kids and you'll have co- you have conversations and topics that are uplifting, right? And you get to listen to music that's not sad or anything like that. And you have coffee and every you, single <laughs> Sunday. And you have coffee and donuts every Sunday, right? And you got a pastor up there who's like, God loves you. The creator of the universe loves you, right? On a personal level, you know? And we do too. The community loves you on a personal level. And we want to get to know you, Right. Who wouldn't want to be a part of that? But if you do, you have to sacrifice the part of your life, the personal part of your life, the really internal part of your life that is sin, that people enjoy. So how do they do it? How do they compromise? They get away with it by going, you know what? I'm going to have the sin and the personal part of my life, and I'm also going to have the great stuff that's part of the Bible. That trade is so easy to make, right? And I think that's why so many people do it. And maybe, and here's kind of a little bit of a danger zone here, Maybe the churches in America are set up to make that easier, where it's easier to, you know, be a part of the Christian community without ever having to face the idea that you are a sinner and you should be running from sin. And even though it's fun, it doesn't matter. You have to, you know, die to yourself. 
Those words are incredibly serious. Die to yourself to be a Christian. The benefits of Christianity are so good that even non-Christians go to church, right? There was a huge revival, and I don't really want to get into the history of you know, Christianity in America, but there was a huge revival that like shook the entire country to its core in such a way that it affects politics right now, years and years after that. That shows you how good Christianity is, even from a distance from people who aren't Christian. So I see why you would want both. Yeah, I don't know. You touched on a really, really good thing when you said that the church is probably set up in a way to like support of the false Christians is coming in. It's easy to be a Christian in the sense of like culturally being there. I see what you're saying. I I, I get that, and I like I agree that. Like I wonder, like, well, I don't know if I necessarily agree, but. I get what you're saying, and I'm like, wow, I need to take a look into that because I've never really like looked into that in the sense of like, wow, I wonder if the church is like... Fostering it. Yeah, are we fostering? Are we, are we making this thing, like making it easy for a person to fall through the cracks, per se? Um, we're not inviting them into our homes, getting into the nitty-gritty of lives. And, and that's, that's, I think it has something to do with the parts of the people, too. They don't want to be vulnerable. Um, people are f- afraid to be known. Um um, they're afraid to uh, confess their sin in front of people because they're afraid of how they're going to be looked at, how they're going to be judged. And so, um, I don't know. I feel like it could be, I see two sides of it. I see um, how we are not doing a good job in the sense of reaching out to people and hearing their cry. And I see how we could be doing a good job in making them be cardinal Christians or false believers. For me personally, I think this is, the, this is my, the biggest, the sin that scares me the most. There's nothing in this world, I think I told you guys this before, nothing in this world scares me more than being a false convert. There's nothing. You know? I always make the joke. You could put me, if you don't know, if you're not from the area around here, there's something called the T- Tacoma Narrows Bridge. The bridge over a water. And I, I always tell people, like, I make this, and I, it's, it's sort of a joke, but not really a joke, but it's like, if, I, if someone to take me, takes me to the Tacoma Narrow Bridge and push me off, that what would be in my on my mind is not that I'm falling off this bridge and I'm gonna die. It's if I'm a true believer or not whilst I'm going down. That's how much like that's how much my salvation is important to me. I my salvation so much like it's so it's the first thing. It's my, it's the priority of everything in my life. It's is my relationship with Jesus Christ authentic? Is the relationship I'm after? If, is my heart and my mind and my my thoughts after the heart of Jesus Christ? Oh, it's just all a fake. I think, like, nothing else. I remember my girlfriend asked me once, what stresses you out? <laughs> like, because you, you rarely get stressed. And I'm like, you want to know what really stresses me out? Thinking about my salvation. The things that matter to me. M- money and stuff. I mean, I think about those things. But they don't, do they really, stre- like, do they really, like, stress me out? Uh, I mean, sometimes I have, like, sometimes it'll stress me out. But, like, the main thing that stresses me out is, like, salvation. Like, that's the, that's the part. Like, a relationship with Jesus Christ is the most important thing to me. Is having a relationship with Christ. Nothing else is more important than that. I wanna, I wanna be with Him. I wanna enjoy His presence, and I wanna be around Him, and that's important to me. And so I feel like, I feel like, being a fake Christian is a serious thing, and I think the Bible gives warnings to that. I mean, Romans is written to believers, and it, Paul was telling believers, if you live by the flesh, you will die. He's telling that to believers. So. In my convictions and in my personal view, I don't believe that you can walk away from your salvation. So what, I'm, what is Paul saying to these believers? He, he's almost making it seem like you could. He's saying this. If you live by the flesh, you are not a believer. That's point blank. If you are consistent in the flesh, if you are, if you are loving, enticing into the flesh, that, that's not right. How could, how could light be a part of darkness? 
How could you love darkness but claim you're a part of the light? It's imp- I don't think that's possible. I don't think you could be in love, in like literally in a relationship, indwelling of the Holy Spirit, and have a love for sin. This is impossible to me. And that's why things like Matthew 7, um, which I call as a warning passage for, for believers. I, I look at that and I'm like, that's a warning. So as a believer, you look at Matthew 7 and you say, you, you say that. Well, that's not me. Some people say, you know, well, the people who say, Lord, Lord, but he doesn't know you. Well, I'm a believer. I know him. No, I look at that and say, Lord, I pray that's not me. I pray that I'm faithful to you, God, by the power of your spirit. I pray that the spirit that's in me is like literally after your heart. It's like, it's like authentic. It's like a, an authentic thing. I pray for that. I pray that God, when I look at those type of passages, when I look at um, I look at passages that talk about falling away or different things like that, like Hebrews six and Hebrews ten, and all these different things. It's just like, I look at those things and I, I look at that and pray that God, I pray that's not me, and I take that very seriously. And so like, I I I pray that honestly, I don't foster a church as a leader. I don't foster a church that is producing false converts. Yeah, that, uh, and when you said that, where you said you can't, you can't be a Christian who loves sin, right? That does those things don't work together, right? And that does make me think back about things like saying, "It's a sin is fun for a season," and all that kind of stuff. Where some people enjoy sin, right? And it makes me realize maybe people are going to continue to be Christian not only for all the benefits of it, because there's guilt though associated. They can they sin and then they they feel a guilt because it was fun but then they go I, I have to somehow be accountable for this right even if they don't know anything about doctrine or anything about Bibles or anything like that or they have some sort of inherent like ooh this is not right the larger macro thinking of it that's just like this is not what your life is this is not what your life is about this is not what your soul's about right you don't want to be in this part if you're a real Christian. So just to interject a little bit, we have Mateo in the studio, and this guy is blowing up my phone right now. So I'm going to pass him the mic because I'm tired of reading his text messages, and he has something to say. So I think like cardinality and what you're saying, right? Cardinality, I feel like is right now it's caused because of the lack of community in the church. And the lack of community in the church makes it so that church is just a Sunday movement and not an all-week movement. Having that lack of community makes it so that Christianity becomes a religion and not a faith. And what I mean by that is a religion is a preset amount of rules that we follow not to go to hell. But a faith is something that we do because we love God and that's it. I agree 100%, Mateo. Actually, if you if you joined me like three weeks ago at Thrive, I kind of talked about this. It's kind of our fault in some way of what we've done wrong. Now, God has continued to be, I believe God is faithful. I believe that God, though the church can make mistakes because of our humanness, God is stepping in and he's working to bring his glory towards us. And he's saying, although you guys are messing up and do things wrong, I am faithful. I am loving and I am sovereign. So I'm, my work is going to be done. But I think it's our fault. We, this is what we do. We scare people into salvation. Listen to how we, we say the gospel. You don't want to burn, right? So better, we don't necessarily, I should, I should be fair. We don't say it this way, but essentially this is what we're saying. I mean, how many times, we don't, you don't want to burn. How many times you don't want to burn, you should cling on to this guy. How many times have you been in youth group, right? Around the campfire and your youth pastor says, everybody, everybody, listen up. I want you to look at the coals of the fire. Do you see those coals in the fire? Hell is 10 times hotter. For all of eternity. 
this is what we do. We, we, we talk about hell and brimstone, right? We get mad at the Westboro Baptist people. We, yes. Because they, they have their picket signs up and they're doing the same thing. But because we don't have signs up, but we do it in private, right? We're not as bold as them, so we don't stand out there and do it. So then when the people come in our church and sit down, we talk about, we talk about hell. We talk about how we, we almost we set a fear and we put a fear in them of, of hell and not about a relationship with Christ. As a journalist in college, I got the privilege, and I, I say that in quotes, heavily quoted. I had the privilege of talking to the Phelps sisters who, uh, after Fred Phelps died, they were, they were it. They were the head honchos of the Westboro Baptist Church. They came and protested my school. Why they're so loud is because they're so different. Because they scream fire and they say God hates facts. Their domain, their website domain, not that I'm wanting to publicize it, but it's literally GodHatesFacts.com. That is the actual website. Don't look it up. Don't give them the web traffic, Devante. I see you looking it up. <laughs> Delete that. <laughs> Go incognito. Go no incognito. cookies for their website. But they scream louder. And I, I even asked them one time, like, so you were at my grandma's church out in Oregon, like the previous week. Uh, how do you afford to go all to, the, to all these places? They're constantly protesting uh, troops, funerals, and all this other stuff. And they're everywhere. And they're always somewhere. And I asked them, so how do you afford all this? Knowing very well that they were on their way to court. And they said, well, we go to work, we eat, we sleep, and we protest. We don't have fancy boats. We don't have fancy cars. We go to work, eat, sleep, and protest. And that's their sole mission in life. And it, it sucked. It ate at me because they're doing religion better than I am. And it ate at me that they were projecting this message, but they were doing it better than I was. I totally vehemently disagreed with the message they were portraying, but they made a all-in 100% effort to portray their message. Don't care how wrong it is, they are doing religion better than me. And that hurts. That was a gut check. Ouch. <laughs> I just, on a side note, dying. <laughs> this website, though... <laughs> What? Westboro Calvinist? Whoa, can you speak it? Oh, the... they got the Hold up, if they're really Calvinist. Okay, you heard it here first. Devante, the, the knight of Calvinism in our group, just found out that Westboro Baptist is Calvinist. Devante, what do you got up on your computer screen right now from the Westboro website? I don't even know. <laughs> I just clicked on something, and then it came up and said, we are a tulip Baptist church. We believe and vigorously preach the five points of Calvinism. Anyone preaching otherwise is hellbound false prophet. It's a hellbound false prophet. A messenger of Satan to whom we say whatever. I don't even know what that word is. And let him be a curse of God. A curse of God. That is... That I never... Wow. It says... To every lover of Armenian lies, believing and preaching that God loves every individual of mankind, we say you are going to hell, period. 
End of discussion. God's decree sending you to hell is irreversible. Hypocrites, how can ye escape the damnation of hell? What is this? I mean... Still looking at that website? Yeah, I just like... God hates your prayers is one of the things. Like, I don't know. I don't... I'm like going to cry. Like, this is... Wait, bad. wait, wait. Wait. Like, but here, here's Jesus the, this prayed? is so bad. So, like, here's the thing. Like, when you're reading that, right, I got, like, an overwhelming sense of sadness. It's... Because it's not... Because we could get all riled up and we're like, ha, roo, ha, ha, ha. Like, wow, these people are complete idiots and they don't read their Bible. But it's just like... It's like, how do they live in that reality? I don't know. I, I struggle. I guess I struggle with, and this is like, I struggle with like, it seems so hard to reach them. It seems like it's impossible. It is. And I know, I know, and I wouldn't, I don't think, I disagree with that 100%. I don't think it's impossible. I think that everything with Christ is possible. And I think the Holy Spirit is way bigger than anything. Amen. But Amen. it just se- it seems like, it seems like they're so stuck. Like their hearts are so hardened. Like they are just, in total rebellion of like, and they th- the sad thing is they think they're doing it right. They think that they, oh, it's sad. It's like, I want to cry because I can't, I want to like, so, it's no way you could like, it's like, they don't want to listen. They don't care to listen. This, they, they are bashing people. They're saying that, that people who are not a part of their body, God hates their prayers. man, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this. I, I never even took it. I heard, I heard about them. I saw them in Spokane once when I was over there. I ignored them, though. Now I look at their website. I see, like, it's, like, it's bad. It's, like, really bad. But on the other side, I feel like forgetting me and all my me, me, me about me, it's, like, the souls of these people that actually listen to this, who's, are we evangelizing to them or are we just sitting down here talking about them? Right, and our, I kind of... This kind of popped into my head. Like, who's their evangelist? Yeah, exactly. That's who's what, their Billy Graham? That's exactly what po- popped into my head. Is like, do we have people in our Christian community who are actually being like, everyone deserves to be saved? Even the people, right? Like, I ready to make a, p- a picket stand that says, God loves Westboro Baptist. Because that's what they need. They need to see the love of God. They need someone to be protesting to them. Saying, like, God loves you. Like, get away from your ha- the hate in your heart. Like, pull away from that. Yes, God actually, God has a part of him that's God's wrath. And God's wrath is going to be poured out and his wrath is going to be just. I believe that. I believe that God's going to pour out his wrath, however that looks, and that's going to be just wrath. When he does that, it's going to be an all just and it's going to be, it's going to be a, it's going to be the best type of wrath we can possibly see. But the hatred we have for our brothers and our heart, like, that, we need to get rid of that. And I feel like, I hope like I say, I never talked to them. I hope that's not what's going on. I hope they're not rendering evil for evil. Because the Bible says, don't render evil for evil, but overcome evil with good. I hope they're not, I hope they're not doing that. I hope that that's not their intentions. I hope, I hope, I pray that as they think about this, they're thinking about the souls of the people that God wants to bring into the family of God. I hope they don't just do this because, I hope they don't do this just because they're doing this for like the sake of just like, wanting to be out there shouting and going crazy. I hope they're doing this to say like, I want to see you, my brother, because God loves you. I want to see you in paradise. And that's why I scream this. I hope that's why. I don't know these people. But they, man, they're scaring me. It's scary. I, I want I want to go and meet them. I want to stand up and protest again. I, I don't even pick and sign. I, I am against it, but now I want to. 
I want to prick it saying against that. I want to say, God loves West Bowl Baptist. God wants West Bowl Baptist. God wants to be a part of that. God, God wants to come into that church and he wants to change and see repentance. God wants that. And he's standing at that door knocking. Westboro let me in. How powerful would it be to see the Reformation, right? Of the and the changed hearts of the Westboro Baptist Church. Man. Because if there's... But I just want them to turn it and I want them to do the exact thing that they're doing, though. I want them to do turn it and do the... But with the message of love. Exactly. The, literally the Go message on. of the gospel. Exactly. The message of Jesus. That I want to see that. I want to see that. Through the Bible, through and through. Exactly. So part of my part of my research in, in preparing for this interview with Westboro Baptist was looking up successful ways to counter them. Because I was, I was first and foremost a student, part of a student body, and I wanted my student body to rise up against this. And I looked up successful ways to counter. And, of course, you, you got all the trolls and stuff that, like, you know, dressed in, in obscene costumes and, and did obscene things right in front of their faces, and they just started screaming even more and more. But when, when they were at my grandma's church a week before, the biggest thing that they countered with nobody gave them any attention which is what they're craving they're craving attention by doing these bombastic displays and all these uh all these obscene signs with obscene words and and stick figures and in very provocative situations um and and they even like mix up some words and and um change some words to some popular songs and scream them and sing sing scream them at people um but what was found very successful was a display of love towards them. Not, not shouting back, but somebody from the congregation at my grandma's church, I, I can't even remember what they did to, to anger Westboro, but what somebody from that church body did was went out and got them coffee and gave them some coffee. They had nothing against that. They had no response just a simple act of love towards another human being, even if you vehemently disagree with that simple act, that action, that showing and living out that action of love, which I believe is what we're called to do as Christians and and followers of Christ is to go and go show that love and display that love and live that love. And that's what they did. And it was the most effective way to counter them. It's kind of interesting how we started this podcast talking about uh, forgiveness and talking about people who believe they can sin and go out and live a life that's just not godly. And I think sometimes we as Christians totally forget that sometimes the people who hurt us the most, right, are within the body itself. And it's on us to forgive them and then reach out to them and show them that love. Because this is sad right? You have, my dad always says this, right? That the people who are the most lost are the ones who almost hit the bullseye, right? And that applies to to me, right? When we talk about the bullseye, the bullseye is Jesus Christ, right? And when you miss it is when you believe, right, in Jesus Christ, but you go about it in the world's most wrong way, right? And I think they qualify. They miss the bullseye, right? And they're, they're causing damage, but Devante asked a really good question, like, who's out there ministering to them? Who's out there trying to reach their souls? Who's out there trying to reformed? 
air quotation, the reformed. I know. Like, like <laughs> I don't know, man. I, this is, this is tough meat to swallow. This is hard. Um, my heart just breaks out for them and I pray, um, I pray that Americans can see that they have a lot in their own back door. Right in their backyards, right next door. They have a lot of work to do. I think that, I personally believe that, you know, God is faithful and he's going to interact and a faithful sovereign God will, will and continually press the heart of these people. And I believe that whom he calls to be his elect, to will be his elect. And, and you guys know how I feel about that. I, I do truly believe this. But I just feel an urge of just like, man, I, I, wanna, I just want to, hopefully, I, I want to pray. I'll, I'll pour these Westboro Baptists and just pray like, like, like there's a revival in that church. Um, and the revival t- turns not to stop them from being as strong as they are, but a revival for them to, preach the love of Christ and I don't I get why they think that because you, you can preach the love of Christ in a way that is just so like soft and cuddly like we we preach this like what about my uh, one of my favorite preachers Vody Bakum would say this Reco Grooman myth Reco um, Reco Grooman yeah Roman Roman myth Greco yes Roman. yeah yes myth Greco-Roman. you know just like and we like paint this 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 soft picture of Jesus, you know, this white, nice white man with curly hair and blue eyes, and my and, Jesus had straight hair. And exactly, my Jesus had well, whatever, you know. And his hands look like he never like he looks like he's modeling for a shampoo commercial, and his hands look like he never touched wood in his life. Like I could get that. I see like how we could do that and just just soft. Nice, comfy love of Jesus. It's so cute. Come and get it. You know, we just do that. We do that all the time. I see why they could sway, but they don't sway the all the way to the opposite way that he hates. You know, and I get that. And I and I want to preach it. Yeah, there's such thing as God's wrath. That's true. That is true. I don't want to fail you into it. That's just the reality. God absolutely hates sin. It, oh, he. He doesn't know a sin <laughs> exactly. that he doesn't hate. My sermon that's that's like, Devante's sermon. Yeah, right I, the God doesn't know a sin that he doesn't hate. But God doesn't know a person that he doesn't love. What? <laughs> that's just how it is. It's, it's, it's his attributes. His attributes dictates that. It says that he doesn't know. He doesn't know how to not hate sin. And I agree with him with that part. Man, he, he hates it. It, 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 it. He looks at his son on the cross and his son... Although I don't think that he pulls away from his son, his son feels forsaken. He looked, his son literally cries out. The humanity side of God cries out and says, Father, how can you forsake me? That's how much God hates sin. Okay? He, he sends his son to bear it, beats him like crazy. I mean, pours it out on Jesus Christ for the world and then defeated it. And he, that's how much he hates it. Why did he do it? Because he loves. God so loved the world. I know it's a simple verse. Only son. The, it was a simple verse, right? Oh, it is just a simple verse. No, it's serious. God loves the world, and that's why he pours his wrath out on his son. He said, I love you guys so much, and I don't want you to perish. I don't want that. And so, yes, I get why they say that God hates, hates, hates. Because, yeah, he does hate, and he hates sin. But he also loves so much. <laughs> and that's why he sent his son. This is a perfect example. God, 
I know it now. Human brain, we can't understand it. It's like it's like reconcile. He's pulling these things together. My hate for sin, my love for people, and that's what you have in the cross, right? He's saying the cross is doing this. I hate sin, so I'm gonna pour it out. But I love people, so I'm gonna defeat death. So what is it? I'm I'm gonna crucify. I'm gonna pour it out. My son is gonna die and pay that penalty for for humanity. But I love people because I my wrath needs to be satisfied. So that's what happened at the cross, right? It's satisfied through Jesus Christ, God's wrath, and he's risen from the dead. He defeated death because I love people and I want to give them this opportunity to be with me forever, to have a relationship with me. So I get that part of the, the hate part of it because God does hate sin. But God also really, really, really love. Romans 5 tells us, uh, even when we were sinners, Christ died for us. It's, it's, the, it's the gospel. I think they're missing a part of it. And they, they, they get all this hate part. You can't sway one side. You have to get both of them in there. God loves you, though. And I preached that in my sermon. You were there. I said, he said, God looks inside of our sinful, dirty hearts. He looks at our messed up, wicked, private, um, um, prideful hearts. And he said, I want that. That's what the gospel says. It's, it's amazing. He said, I look inside Devante. I see how messed up he is. He's a sinful, dirty human being. And I want that. That's what I want because I can save him from that. Nothing else can. I can do that. And so he walks into my life. And he, what he does, he stripped me away from myself because myself wants to destroy me. And he says that I, if I be lifted up, I will draw you, Devante, to me. And that's the gospel. That's love. That's not hate right there. That's love. That's saying that I could have watched you to destroy yourself and be nothing, but I made you something, Devante. That's what I did. And so when I see them do that, I don't see that part of it. And that's what hurt me. Because those poor people probably don't even understand how much God loves them. He wants to comfort them. And that hurt and that hateful heart that's in the Westboro Baptist, all this hate talk, God wants that. So we shouldn't be sitting here talking bad about them. We need to let them know that God wants you. <laughs> you, you know, you think you got him? No, He wants you. He wants to show you that you need to stop that bullcrap and turn to Him and rest in Him, surrender to Him, and you don't have to push people into heaven with your picket signs, man. Rest and and be comforted to know that the Holy Spirit does that. He's actually going. He's gonna go. He's gonna draw people. The Father. Guess what? The Father is the one that draws. What Jesus tells us in John, right? The Father is the one that draw them. And they are my sheep and they know my voice. And no one can snatch them out of my hand. <laughs> That's what the Bible tells us. And so resting in that, that if you believe that God is faithful in that act of he will get his sheep, he will leave the 99 to go after the one. If you believe that, if you, if you read the scripture and you're going to actually say that, if he's going to run after that one, then believe that you don't need to stand up there to pick a sign, that God is going to chase you down. And I know as believers, all of us, and you had that opportunity, right? Mm -hmm. That God actually does that for us. In our sin, you feel him chasing you down. And I know people don't like to use the word reckless, and it's, it's, it's crazy. It, it's, it's that word of like, oh, it's just like all over the place. But his love is chasing. It's just after you. And it's nothing he's going to do to not pull you down. So the, it, it's a famous song. I love it. It's, it's reckless love. I'm just going to say, the bridge says there's no, it's no shadow he wouldn't like light up. So in the darkness, there's no darkness he wouldn't light up in your life mm -hmm. and expose you. So ex ex like God exposing you doesn't mean it's bad. He, there's no shadow he wouldn't light up. 
There's no mountain he wouldn't climb up. So no trials and tribulations in your life that he wouldn't come behind you and be a support to you, running after you. So there's no sin that he wouldn't light up in your life. And there's no trials and tribulation he wouldn't do running after you. There's no wall he wouldn't kick down. So no barrier, nothing blocking you to get to him. He would kick that down. And there's no lie, the lie of the enemy with all these different things. God hate, God hate, God hate. The lies he wouldn't tear down running after you. That's how important that is. He will do anything for you. And that's what I want to tell them. I literally would tell them that, but I see them. Like, let's sit down. Like, I want to just let you know that God loves you. Like, I don't want to argue with you about all of these other things. Let me just, let's start this off. Like, God loves you. Mm-hmm. Let's just start it off like that. And like, you need to know, like, if you don't get, let's get that, that, that whole thing ready first before we even get into any other conversation. We could argue about fags and I don't care about that right now. Let me let you know that God loves you. Because it's a hard thing, man. We, got, we start to argue about all these fags and, oh, well, I mean, God has to love. No, let's, wait, where are your heart at? Where are you at, man? Where are you at with the Lord? I, I'm going to sit down and talk to you about this, and you are not good. You're not, not even believing. Your heart is just hardened. Then what I'm, all this fag talk is pointless. Where are you at? Let me see a transformation in your life, and we could worry about the fags later. We could worry about what you think about this fags or whatever the heck you think about. Let's, let's worry about where your heart is. Do you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? What does it look like to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? Let's ask these questions. If I ever interview them, that's all I'm going to talk about. I want to know where you're at, man. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but like, do you do you really believe this? Like, you talk about tulip, like, 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 do you really believe this? Do you believe that God? You are totally deprived by sin because that's what the T the T stands for in, in tulip, right? It's totally de- totally deprived. You have deprived yourself. I mean, sin has deprived you. You are fully deprived by sin. Mm-hmm. You believe that? Well, if they believe that, they have to say yes. Then you believe that God elected you, called you. You mm-hmm. believe that? That's love. That's just the part. And God is calling other people other than the Westboro Baptist too. That's what I would talk to them about, man. Like, I want to talk to them about God's love. Like, I'll keep on, like, they, as much as they shout at me, as much as I will just be more calm with them. Like, God loves you. Anyway, I'm done with my spiel. You know, um... I've been sitting here uh, for a little while, and my stomach flipped over at one point. Um, not because of specifically what the Westboro Baptist Church are doing, but then because I had this realization that the Westboro Baptist Church is like they're talking about hate, and we've been talking about we've been talking about um, in the church and stuff like that for a long time ago, for like thirty years, and, and now and stuff like that, and just looking at the way it's changed. We've been talking about running away from things for such a long time. We talked so much with fire and brimstone in the church community that like run away from hell and run away from sin and all that kind of stuff. Right. And that's exactly what the Westboro Baptist church is talking about. They're talking about, Oh, if you want to be saved, like be scared of this, right. They're talking about, here's the evil thing that you need to run away from. And it's like, Oh, thank goodness. We don't do that right now. And I just had this like overwhelming. feel. was like, we do exactly the same thing in every church. Now we don't talk about running away from hell or running away from those things, but we go, you know what you need to run away from run away from being a kind of person. Run away from being the Baptist, being the Westboro Baptist Church. Run away from being, um, you know, whatever word, a sinner or a liberal or a liar, right? Right now, all we do in, in church is talk about running away from being a, a kind of person that we don't want to be, right? We just talk about, we just scare people away from a personality. So we're like, oh, phew, we're these, we, we're these Christians, but at least we're not them, right? And that's what the whole, like, I feel like so much of the church now, and just thinking about, like, the sermons I've been going to for like years now, it's just like, just make sure you're not them. Right. And it's the exact same scare tactic that everybody else is using. Just like, make sure you're not them. Make sure you run away from that. And it's like, and I was sitting there like, holy crap. That's what, that's what 
like I go to church and that's what we're, we're sitting in and everything like that. And that's what other people are sitting in. And I just realized like, as you were talking, it's like, you're not talking about that. You're not talking about running away from being the Westboro Baptist church. You're talking about doing the good God wants to do through us to people, not just running away from being a liar, running away from being a sinner, but like running towards something and not just being like, Oh, I'm scared that I'm this, but extending whatever God has given us. Like you're saying the love just to extend the love and just like, Hey, the people with the Westboro Baptist Church, we're going to love on them because God loves on them, right? Not just like, oh, I, I'm so, they're so stupid, and I, I just like, I'm so glad I'm not part of that church, and these people are so like, like brokenhearted and stuck in a position. It's like, no, we want to love them, and I'm just like, I thank you for flipping my stomach back the right way around because like, we're in a position where we can do that, where rather than talking about running away from bad things, we can run towards good things. Exactly. I think like, I think my my conviction is always like, man correction like what if what if when i went to moody you know um uh, people just was like ah he wasn't a believer he's not a believer he was he came here as an unbeliever he's not really you know one of us you know what if they did that what if they didn't come and want to come around me be a community to me love on me and cherish me the same thing with the westboro baptist man i look at that and i'm like hold on wait i could point fingers i could do that i could do that i could say Wow, look at these people not showing the love of God. Or I could do the other thing. I could say this. I could go and be like, hmm, I wonder how I can share the love of God with them. Mm-hmm. Like I'd script the whole script, man. Absolutely. Like instead of instead of shouting at them, and I it said like I remember one time I I, I got I shouted at them once because like we were going to this concert in Spokane or whatever, and like they were talking to my youth kids and screaming something youth kids, so I I screamed something back at them and in like in this disgust, but I didn't realize like how deep it went. Like until like now I'm looking at all these stuff, I didn't realize how deep this thing goes, and I'm just like this is like, this goes really deep. Um, I like I you know you hear about him, you hear about Westboro, you know you know, but you know you just don't you haven't gone really really deep into like what I've seen now, and I'm just like man, I really want to like. Like, I wish I could see them in Seattle. Like, that's what I wish. I, I, like, I would take my time to go and talk to them if I see them in Seattle. Why? Because this is a good opportunity to share the gospel. Just be all, be all about the hearts of the, the people, the unreached people in, in, um, in, Africa. in Africa. Oh, you always hear about everybody going to Africa. Papua New Guinea. Oh, let's go to South America. You have all of these different things, right? But nobody, I, I, ne- I never heard, ever. Let's go and reach the Westboro Baptist. I ne- if you heard someone say that, nope, never. I will let me talk to them because I want to join that. I support 100% missions right now. I'll give you all I have, but I shouldn't say give you all I have. But I'm just saying, like I would, all my support, all my prayers, everything. If you, if I heard a group say, I'm gonna go minister to the Westboro Baptist. Mm-hmm. I never heard that before in my life. I never heard it. Something uh, that I really learned recently, and the three out of five of us that are in this room went to UC Berkeley on a missions trip with RZIM, right? And our job was to sit, stand in the streets of UC Berkeley, right, the university, and talk to people about God. And I came into that situation with with the idea like, okay, we're going to the most famous university that dislikes us, right? I'm like... I meant. I was like, I came in mentally prepared with two boxing gloves on. And I'm like, I'm ready to fight people with my brain. And God kind of demonstrates, like, no. What I want you to do is just show you. I want you, right, to allow me to show my love through you, right. And 
I think that was absolutely amazing. I literally came away. I didn't argue with anybody. I had nothing but positive, 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 positive interactions, right? Literally, it's all, it was just like, it was just like they, they showed that they, the, people walked up to us and they're like, man, your hustle is freaking beautiful. They used another word, but they're like, your hustle is freaking beautiful, right? The fact that you're taking the message, the love of Jesus Christ, right? And you're just demonstrating it and you just want to talk to people about that love, right? You're not attacking people. And I think, I think the, we've identified something here is like the fact of, the fact that, there, there's certain groups of people here in the United States, right, that the Christian community has made a strong stance in not loving, right? And Westboro Baptist Church, I've never talked, I've never, you just made a, one of like the most interesting and profound points I've ever heard in my life, probably. The fact is, who's saying, let's go on a mission trip to go talk to the Westboro Baptist Church? I have never heard that ever, ever, ever. Yeah, but I'm gonna be honest. I've never, never heard that in my life. That is amazing. And I think that's that's an insanely important thing to hit because I was I was also thinking like, ooh, if Westboro Baptist came up here to Seattle, the culture in the community of Seattle would be so focused on pushing back that I don't think anybody else would would be thinking. And, and I certainly was as as a journalist when they came and protested my college. I wasn't I wasn't in a loving place. I was thinking, how do I shut them down? Um, you know, for my for my own selfish reasons, which uh, at the time, you know, I thought like, oh yeah, no, it's it's um, it's for Jesus. Like I'm going to shut them down and make them look stupid for Jesus. That's that's not loving. And thank you for being convicting because that's it's honestly it's it's helping me get get a little bit of closure on this, but it, it also, I also foresee if they come up to Seattle, tons of people will come out and start screaming at them. And, and one of the things that, that Jeremiah, you, you pulled up was Berkeley going down to Berkeley. That was, that was an amazing experience. And not only did we touch the students and we got them thinking and engaged in, in mature, um, non-aggressive conversation, actually very productive, very civil was extremely academic, very academic, but not, it even went beyond that sometimes. And it it just went straight into, you know, how, how does this make you feel? It was a heart issue. We had done it like at the end of the day, and this was kind of like a crushing blow to me in a sort of a way, right. Of, cause I always, I'm always constantly trying to overcome the fact that I cannot save somebody. Right. And yeah, like the guy on the plane. Yeah. Coming back. But before that, I was talking to this guy in this auditorium and afterwards I broke down crying in the auditorium and I was like, I was bawling. I was like, this is so hard for me. I can't save that guy. I know I can't save that guy. Right. God is the only one that's going to save that guy. And that guy has a cold heart. I, I wish it was just like, it was crushing. And I realized just like looking back at all of the whole entire experience, it was like when it came down to it, I didn't have to academically convince anybody to believe in Jesus. None of the arguments that I could possibly come up with or anybody else that could possibly come up with could systematically change your mind, right? The only thing that really gets you to live in the love of Jesus Christ is the change of heart. Amen. And um, if anybody has any last thoughts, 
I, I um, finish finishing up my point about um, tying both yours and Devante's points together is um, Devante. I was, I was definitely thinking about like how, how the Seattle community was, would respond, but I was also thinking about like those people that would, um, you know, try to try to confront them with picket signs. But I also, there's an example down at Berkeley that we not only, we not only reached the students down there, but we reached the, the, evangelical uh full-time missionary culture as well there were there was one guy specifically whose name was also jeremiah mm-hmm. very nice mustache anyways he um every day all the all the students knew him they just knew him as the guy that just screamed jesus at them we i, I welcomed him into into the group that i was with we had a big red sparkly question mark and we had a whiteboard with a simple question and it was the most effective form of evangelism I've ever seen. And he went from that guy. And we even had students come up to us afterwards that didn't even know us. They were just like, what did you guys do to him? <laughs> <laughs> like, he's the guy that just screams Jesus loves you at, at us and nobody listens to him. But now he's engaging with students. I've never seen him talk to a student. I've seen him every day since I've been here. And they're like juniors or third years. I guess they, they say third, fourth years. They're like third years and they see this guy every day screaming at people, but people just walk past him. But we, we not only reached into the student culture, we reached into the surrounding Christian culture. And I, I, I would dare to say we changed the conversation. God changed the conversation. Yes. Yes. I'm going to be that guy who is just, I'm going to interject that. No, you're right. you're yeah. Right. And that's, it's just 100% the truth. And I think, I think if Westboro came here, I think that's the culture that we need to really focus on. Not necessarily them, but we need to, we need to get an army of people to love them, not to, not to counter them, not to, not to push back. And, and I, I'm not even going to try to reiterate what you said, cause you said it beautifully, but I, th- I think that's, that's the culture that we need to, to get our point across to if, if they, come up here help us take down the unlovable by using jesus's love right that that's like i don't even know if i said that right i can't even top whatever just been said like previously so i'm not even gonna try to i mean yeah you, you want to take down <laughs> let's take down evil with jesus but like love. you don't i don't want to i just don't want to act back on them like like the way they're acting to us you know you don't want to oh these best bro baptists uh you know like man I just want to just like hold them in my arms like little babies. Just like I want to hug them. Like where are you hurting, man? Mm-hmm. Wait, where are you angry? Where's the anger? Where's it coming from, man? I just want to. Where's that? <laughs> and I think you said it right. Love the unlovable with Jesus' love, because you know the human side if you don't want to do it. Nope, nope, nope. nope. <laughs> it just it doesn't. But you know, just your spirit just cries out to want to evangelize to them. You know, and I, you know, that's good. While I'm all about fantastic original quotes, that is a Jeremiah Schuler original right there. Uh, feel free to hashtag that. Uh, get that trending on Twitter. Um, every form of this podcast. I don't know if you can comment on, on the podcast. Make it make it a hashtag. Anchor, you could. I was thinking just it, totally burning in my mind right now, Martin Luther King Jr. Mm-hmm. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. Interviewing Westboro and, and pulling that media package together was an incredibly frustrating experience. And I went 
went on Facebook like two days later. Like I, I usually like at that point in my life, I was like, all right, limited to one post a day. Like, come on, have some self-control, you know, you freaking millennial. But I just, I, I just couldn't accurately communicate what I was feeling at the time. And like two days later, I posted this, this pretty long post about how I was feeling and it, it boiled down to, I just, I needed a hug and it was kind of, I, I felt a little bit lost, but I just needed a hug. And my mom, um, love her to death. And, and my grandma, um, I called her every week during college, but I, I missed, I missed that week. Cause I was just, I was so wrapped up in this whole experience and, and trying to be over prepared for this, for this conversation I was going to have with these people. And, um, my mom shared that, um, Facebook post. She had to read it over the phone cause my grandma doesn't even have a computer. Um, but she heard about that and, and she called me and she left me, um, this, uh, voicemail. Hi chance. This is grandma. I am sending you a great big hug. Can you feel it? I called your mom to find out how your day had gone and she read what you had posted and when it said you were frustrated and needed a hug, I just thought, well, I'm calling now and I'm hugging you. And I also prayed about it. And I have some words that I received uh, from the Lord when I was praying. And he says, bravery in the encounter was magnificent. Straightforward analysis was given. He speaks from the heart, which is good. I protected him. I instill peace in his heart. He did what he could. His love for me is pure. I shelter my loved ones. And in the morning, I will put this in the mail. So you can expect a note from me too. And I hope that you just sleep real well tonight. Bye-bye. I love you. And on that note, thank you for listening. This is the Good Media Podcast. Today, we talked about love, forgiveness, salvation, the Westboro Baptist Church, and God's unstoppable love. If you guys found this enlightening, interesting, and just brought you a little bit of value, it would mean the world to us if you could share this with somebody else. Thank you. Your love's higher than the stars. Clearing who you are. Your love unconditional. You know that song? No. (laughs) 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 All right. That actually didn't suck. (laughs) 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 Literally, have that to be the ending. Yes.